0: Hello and welcome to Weirdos in the Wild with our co hosts AJ Oxley, Paranormal Investigator with Beyond This Life Paranormal and Multi-Generational Paranormal Enthusiast, and Lynn Tencher, Beyond This Life Paranormal Investigator, Reiki Master, Published Author, and Near-Death Experiencer. Travel with them, a couple of everyday weirdos on a wild ride to all
1: things paranormal and metaphysical.
2: On Weirdos in the Wild, A.J. and Lynn travel to the lovely town of LaGrange, Kentucky, where they visit the Crossroads LaGrange radio studio and talk with documentary filmmaker and president of McGill Media, Chris McGill, about his documentary on the Spotsville monster, a Bigfoot-type creature that has been seen several times in and around the Spotsville, Kentucky area. Hear his behind-the-scenes stories as well as his take on what the monster really is, right after a message from our sponsor.
3: Hydra Publications is your one-stop shop for genre fiction. This month, we have several new releases, including Revelations, Book One of the Puppet Cycle by Donna J. Dummy Monroe, and the pre-order for Adrift, the latest Folly Beach mystery by best-selling mystery writer Bill Knoll. Visit HydraPublications.com for more information on these books and those written by Richard Knack, Jim Miller, Rachel Rawlings, Tom Wallace, Arlen Andrews Sr., Lynn Tincher, and others.
2: Do you struggle with depression, ongoing medical issues, or have you experienced past trauma? If you have, please consider the help of Energetic Healing. At Dragonfly Pond Holistic Services, we utilize Karuna Reiki, crystals to align and heal chakra function, meditation, and sound healing to address these issues and help in your healing process. To learn more about Energetic Healing and how to contact us, visit our website at dragonflypondenergy.com. For those who call in February to schedule an appointment, mention this ad and receive $25 off your initial visit.
1: Welcome everyone to Weirdos in the Wild. My name is AJ. And I'm Lynn. And tonight we're here with Chris McGill.
2: He's the documentary filmmaker and president of McGill Media. We're sitting in his studio in downtown LaGrange for Crossroads LaGrange Radio Station. Yep. Welcome Chris. If you you want to tell us a little bit about yourself first
0: been interested in uh, The Unexplained and Paranormal since I can remember. When I was a little kid, my favorite TV show was In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy, Hell which yeah. I think's now in uh, reruns everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've always had an interest in The Paranormal, and uh, I actually had the opportunity to uh, do a radio show about it when I was in radio, uh, in broadcast radio years ago on FM, and uh, it's just something that stayed with me. So when I got into video production, I decided to concentrate a couple of projects on topics of the paranormal and of course Spotsville monster was one of them.
2: So one of the things we really wanted to talk to you about today was the documentary Spotsville monster, yeah. you know, just exactly what is the Spotsville monster and what, you know, what all was going on there to even get you on well, board with the project.
0: Well, the name Spotsville monster is used very loosely. It uh, actually refers to uh, a Bigfoot type of creature that has been cited in western kentucky around the henderson spotsville kentucky areas it's been called many things uh, down there they refer to it as the spotsville monster because that's what the locals know know it by uh, of course everybody else refers to it as bigfoot and sasquatch so that's where the name of the documentary came from it's basically kentucky's version of bigfoot
1: how did you first learn about it
0: I learned about it by uh, reading a book by uh, Barton Unley, who lives in the Henderson area, or used to live. He wrote several books about it, because his family was actually, as he refers to it, they were terrorized when he was a young kid, back in the early 70s, by a group of these creatures on their property. He always had that, uh, those memories from being a child, it stayed with him, obviously, as he grew up. So he wanted to know what this thing was. And so that was kind of a passion of his to find out. And through his research and investigation, he eventually wrote, uh, I believe, I think he has three books out now total. And not all of them are particularly on Spotsville. There's other books that he's done relating to other cryptids in the state of Kentucky.
1: So you decided to do the documentary on it. So kind of walk us into, you know, what made you do that documentary and then walk us into actually doing the documentary.
0: Well, I was fascinated that there was something in Kentucky. I always had the impression that Bigfoot was, you know, up in the Pacific yeah. Northwest, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Canada, British Columbia. And then, of course, you got the Yeti when you go to Europe and all that. So it really kind of fascinated me. So I contacted Bart, and he was actually a guest on a radio show I did years ago called Dimensions, Encounters with the Unknown. And after his radio interview and getting to know him a little bit, uh, I decided that would be nice video project to do so it took us uh, roughly a year and a half probably total to, to start the project and finish it uh, it wasn't done just over a month or so <laughs> it was done uh, almost over a year and we actually traveled to western Kentucky um, and were given access to the southern Cherokee Nation property down there which had been taken away from the Native Americans back in the 1800s and then it was re-gifted back to them in the 20th century, and uh, certain members of the Southern Cherokee Nation still live on that property there.
1: Now, is that part of the Nunley's property, or very close? No, to your...
0: it's very close to where the Nunleys grew up. Okay, uh, we did go back. Their home has been torn down years ago. It's nothing but a vacant lot where the, uh, the Nunleys grew up. But it was very close to the Green River, mm-hmm. which is down in Henderson. And according to Bart's information, it seemed like this creature, of course. It has to be near water somewhere. So there was a lot of sightings along the Green River near Spotsville. And so we went back to the location where it all started. His story all started. And again, like I say, there's nothing there now, Mm -hmm. but we were fortunate enough to be able to interview quite a few eyewitnesses, including Bart's mother who gave us full fledged testimony of what used to happen at their home back in the seventies. It was shocking. And I can only imagine being in their shoes when this happened. It was a terrifying story he told about, you know, animals being killed, uh, guard dogs being so scared of this that they would whimper and crawl under the porch of the house to stay away from it. His father, he, according to Bart, his father actually shot at it through the screen door of their back porch when it was standing on their porch and hit wow. it with a shotgun. There was blood left over, but the creature just walked away like it really wasn't anything.
2: How did you find other witnesses? Because I
0: know you had several witnesses in the documentary. Well, Bart uh, sent those witnesses to us. Those are people Uh he had talked to either through doing his book or since his research. Because after he wrote the book, I mean, he and I lost contact several years ago. But uh, to my knowledge, he still to this day, you know, tracks down encounters and still investigates (laughs) down there. So most of the witnesses uh, were all coming through bark did
2: you have any witnesses that didn't want to talk Uh,
0: there were a few there was one that did talk to us but he uh asked that his face not be used Mm -hmm. because he was uh you'll see in the film he was a taxidermist he's done work for very well-known people around the country and beyond and so he preferred just you know not to be he's trying to avoid ridicule from people who don't believe in things like this but uh, he was one of the most sincere people we talked to
1: i believe so going into it were you? uh a skeptic a believer somewhere in between
0: i've always wanted to believe you know but this was an opportunity for me to actually get out in the field in some place where this thing's been seen
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know and experience the stories from the people who experience it themselves and hopefully you know get some evidence
1: yeah um so did that happen or tell us uh, tell well, us what
0: happened the uh we filmed, and I don't remember exactly what year it was, but we were in the middle of a uh, drought that summer. And we went back to Spotsville a couple of times over the, the summer of this particular year. Um, we were supposed and had planned on camping on the Southern Cherokee Nation property where it's sighted on a regular basis, according to members of that uh, group. But there was also a family of Panthers who lived on the property. And we when we were given the tour of a partial tour of the land where they have um there's actually a spot where they put offerings down for this creature. Um and they took us to that. It's uh it's it's really I'm sorry I kind of lost my train of thought there thinking about because that land was it was it's hard to describe you felt different when you walked on that property. And it it just You all obviously have investigated hauntings and things. Mm -hmm. You know how when you walk into a place that's active, you just get that feeling.
1: Yes. Right. And
0: sometimes it's like, I don't know what this is. Jamie, my girlfriend and uh, partner, she is a psychic medium. She started shaking a mile and a half from the property before we even arrived there. Didn't know why. So there's something of a paranormal supernatural nature I have no doubt about on that property. I don't know what that is. We were supposed to camp, as I mentioned, uh, due to the Panthers being on the property. They actually had, when they gave us that short tour I was just mentioning, they had someone in front with a rifle and somebody in back of us with a rifle. Because they had seen them, and during a time of drought, they will not hesitate to attack a full-size human being.
2: I've been chased around a pond by one. Yeah. Okay, so you're not know. supposed
0: to be in Kentucky, by the way. Right, right.
2: right. Well, these, uh,
0: we did not thankfully see any, but they said they hang out in the trees. And that was the reason we decided not to camp that night. Because he said, yeah. if you do camp, you have to have a fire going all night and someone up. And I'm like, nah, we'll just go back to the hotel. <laughs> That's fine. I'll have my cold bun light and I'll just sit at the hotel tonight. <laughs> was that did I answer the question yes. I'm sorry yeah, I'm just yeah. but you
1: were going you know tell yeah. us about some of the the experiences there and, uh, and, you know
0: the... that was one of the big ones uh, and there's other things that are connected to when I'm saying I, I didn't feel right uh-huh. Uh-huh. Jamie immediately as soon as we got out of our vehicles and Bart introduced us to the chief, we were actually invited on that land during a fall festival so this was September I guess still very hot and again in the middle of a drought. So it was kind of an honor for us to be there because normally outsiders aren't allowed there during these certain times of, uh, I call it a festival, they may call it something else, but it was basically their harvest time. Mm -hmm. Jamie stayed very close to me while we were uh, introducing ourselves to everybody. And this one gentleman who later we found out was basically the medicine man of the Southern Cherokee Nation. He immediately took to Jamie just without even telling her his name i mean he may have given her his name but he just said follow me and walked her into a part of the woods very close and adjacent to where we all were and it's it was really weird that they connected because he knew she was having issues Mm
2: -hmm.
0: he could sense it he took her away and explained some things to her and basically asked her to listen to the trees which this sounds crazy as hell i know (laughs) uh but she said that she could actually hear them. I'm not talking swaying in the breeze kind of sounds. There were other sounds. I didn't hear it, she did, and she described it to me. And after that, she was totally calm. She was okay with everything. It was like her introduction to whatever was there,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and vice versa. It's the way she explained it to me from a psychic perspective.
2: Yeah. Right.
0: But we uh, we had a lengthy interview with the uh, the chief of the Southern Cherokee Nation. He explained to us in detail what their forefathers, their grandfathers, grandmothers had talked about for centuries, basically. It's all been handed down, Uh, you know, story
2: Didn't they call them the old people
0: or the old? The old man of the forest or the men of the forest, something of that nature is what they called them. But he described stories, you know, hearing from his grandfather of them coming in, picking up a hog with one arm and just walking, I mean, stepping over one of the big fences. That's how large they were. He did show us a tooth that he mm-hmm. claims came from one of these creatures.
1: Yeah, I saw that portion in your documentary. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, he unfortunately did not agree to having anything done on it. Uh, History Channel did their monster quest on this same subject. And he also refused for uh, History Channel or Travel Channel, whoever it was, to have anything done with it. Uh, the only thing I had from that point was high-definition photos. Uh, of the tooth he let me take some high definition photos of the tooth along with video obviously and I took it to uh, the L archaeology department and Dr. De Blassie at the time was there and he said the closest thing he could find was a was a, a feral pig tooth but again he couldn't confirm it without having DNA evidence right, right. so who knows um,
2: several different people described Bigfoot mm-hmm. or the Spotsville monster would you care to tell everyone how they described it because it's It's a little bit different than what most people would have described Bigfoot.
0: There are several descriptions. Now, Bart's artist rendition of it shows something that looks more evil in my Mm -hmm. mind, more of a monster to where typical Bigfoot sightings have come across, you know, a kind of human face uh, Mm -hmm. with little hair on the face but hairy body. You know, we had people talking about seeing that, and we had people who mentioned seeing something different, a little bit more fierce. Mm. And again, your memory in a traumatic situation is going to be tricky to best. So, yeah, it, it has been reported to be a little different, a little more slender, with more. Uh, I think there was a mention of one witness who said they noticed claws coming off the hands, uh, where other people were just amazed by the height. And, the you know, uh, Mm -hmm. Bart Nunley's mother, who gave a very good interview and recollection of what happened to them, she described it as being about seven to eight foot tall, just covered in hair. She didn't report anything about claws or fangs or anything like that. When she saw it, at least later, and she unfortunately has passed on, but when she had seen it after the 70s, it was more of a... uh, seven to eight foot tall creature. It was under a, a street light, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. that she d- d- described it. And what they saw when back in the 70s was more of that creature of uh, a little more fierce looking.
2: Right.
0: And, uh, you know, I didn't see it. So I, I'm, that's why I'm kind of being reluctant about it, details on it because I don't want right. to get anything wrong. But yeah, there was two different creatures or two different descriptions that were given. Uh, the majority of the people I have personally talked to was more of the typical Bigfoot type of creature.
2: Okay. One of the things that I thought was really interesting was when they were finding the, uh, the bodies of the animals that, you know, it wasn't like a typical animal kill, that it seemed right. surgical, that the soft organs and tissues were removed. And mm-hmm. so that makes me wonder, what do you think the Spotsville monster really is? Uh,
0: you know, I, I think it's connected with the rest of the quote unquote Bigfoot Sasquatch sightings have happened uh, one interview especially with the taxidermist that kind of made me think of this from a different perspective of being just a missing link so to speak between you know humans and apes actually two things one bart's mother also said there were ufo sightings around the house prior to this thing coming around she described a barn where this bright light she described it as a just a a bright light in the sky that came down very low and burned the tin on the roof of their barn. They noticed that the next day, and then they would see these things. Other people had reported seeing lights in the sky, unidentified things in the sky. Mm
1: Did they ever mention the balls of light? A lot of of Bigfoot sightings, people talk about seeing the lights and their ball-shaped lights usually in the woods.
0: That could have been what Bart's mother was talking about, you know, because she said it was just a big ball of light that came over the barn, and the next day, during the sunlight, they could see it was scorched. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And then the the taxidermist thinks they're interdimensional, because his first sighting, he said they stepped out of what he referred to as a portal. He said it looked like, you know, a heat wave in the summer that would rise off the pavement, Uh, but it was in the corner of his property on a wood line, and he said he clearly saw the two creatures walk out said there was a male and a female and when he opened his truck door they heard that saw him turn around and walk back through and disappear he's seen them as of the time of, we made this film several years ago he had seen them dozens of times on his property over the years he's an avid hunter he told us that they would communicate mentally with him uh, he recalled hunting one day and the female coming through the forest And he said he just made eye contact and he heard her asking him, where's the portal? And he said, without even thinking, he just turned around and pointed in the other direction. She said, thank you, and walked off and was gone. Wow. And he said that every time he had those experiences, you know, it would be like, what the hell just happened? But he believes, and from his testimony, it sounds like they could be a dimensional kind of thing. or extraterrestrial. Who knows? I know it sounds far fetched, but Bigfoot in general is kind of far fetched anyway. When you think about it, uh, I mean, we're
1: into it all weird. That's uh, why
2: we're well, right. yeah, you yeah. Know,
0: because that would explain why nothing's ever found.
2: Right. If they can just step if they can and step into this world and yeah. step in
0: or you know, step right out.
1: I, I've read the interdimensional and also the mind speak, as you, as, as mm-hmm. people like to call it. I've read those mm-hmm. reports. Um, it, it's interesting. And you also had another gentleman who said he saw one in the barn that disappeared in front of him. He said he had his gun pointed at him.
0: Yeah, he was very terrified that night, and he couldn't understand where it went. Yeah. You know, if it's the same one I'm thinking of, he also said that once he made eye contact with it, he laid his gun down for no apparent reason. He doesn't know why he did that. But he felt like he needed not to have
1: his gun. Not to threaten it, huh?
0: Uh, And, you know, researchers I've talked to since this project was finished, uh, 99% say they're not aggressive unless you make them be for whatever reason.
2: Um, Don't poke the Bigfoot. Yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Offer him some of that beef jerky, like That's Bigfoot right. whites <laughs> and uh, just, let it, beer, just let it just let it go. Let
2: him
0: go. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, my it's still up in the air for me. I, I mean, I think I'm I'm open to the fact that yeah, it could be something more of a paranormal, uh, other than I mean, Bigfoot's paranormal anyway, but it could be something of a dimensional nature.
2: Hear more from Chris McGill talking about the Spotsville Monster right after this message from our sponsor.
3: Hydra Publications is your one-stop shop for genre fiction. This month, we have several new releases, including Revelations, Book One of the Poppet Cycle by Donna J. W. Monroe, and the pre-order for Adrift, the latest Folly Beach mystery by best-selling mystery writer Bill Knoll. Visit hydrapublications.com for more information on these books and those written by Richard Knack, Jim Miller, Rachel Rawlings, Tom Wallace, Arlen Andrews Sr., Lynn Tincher, and others.
2: Do you struggle with depression, ongoing medical issues, or have you experienced past trauma? If you have, please consider the help of energetic healing. At Dragonfly Pond Holistic Services, we utilize Karuna Reiki, crystals to align and heal chakra function, meditation, and sound healing to address these issues and help in your healing process. To learn more about energetic healing and how to contact us, visit our website at dragonflypondenergy.com. For those who call in February to schedule an appointment, mention this ad and receive $25 off your initial visit. Welcome back to Weirdos in the Wild. Before we return to our program, AJ and I would like to take a moment to remember my brother, John Tencher, co-founder of Beyond This Life Paranormal, and Alan Oxley, AJ's father. Both passed away just before we recorded our first episode each and every episode going forward will be in remembrance of them. Thank you.
1: Well, let me ask you about this. There was a couple of things that were hard evidence. There were some footprints. Mm-hmm. There was a handprint. I believe it was um, Bart who showed them to you yeah. on, on the other person's property. Mm-hmm. Um, we're into all things weird. I, I always say I just dabble in Bigfoot. Yeah. Um, handprints are pretty rare. Think about that.
0: Well, without dermal ridges in them, Uh, It's hard to determine. And I I use that word loosely because that came from the archaeologist, Dr. de Blasi. He he referred to that as we were discussing other things. Uh, That's one thing that that scientists look for in Uh both footprints and handprints to try to determine whether they're fake or whether they're real. Because every animal, obviously a dog's not going to have a footprint. I mean, they'll have a footprint, but they're not going to have any dermal ridges. They will have them, but as a canine would. Mm-hmm. Um, so he said they look for that a lot Bart told me that too That They look for that I didn't notice that And that's been a long time ago But yeah. I didn't look that close to it I think it was a teenager at the time That told us that story And was the uh, he lived on the land Where they got the, the footprints mm-hmm. and, the, and the cast He has a, a collection of footprints All taken down in the western Kentucky area So yeah, there are you know trace evidence for it But yeah. of course uh, Hair that was up and sent for testing Never comes back. Lost. Amazing. Hmm. And there was another project you may be familiar with called the Erickson Project that took place where scientists worked over five years. Being DNA evidence, hair and so for this family of Bigfoots, I believe that was in Grant County, Kentucky. And all that was taken by the government and not returned.
2: Like the UFO stuff? Yeah. Bingo. (laughs) Was there anything that you cut from the documentary?
0: Nothing major. No, we had a lot of extra footage we didn't use. But uh, nothing... That we had to cut out. I will say after the fact. Now, if anybody uh, goes on and, and sees the, the the film on YouTube, the gentleman who had the recording of the Sasquatch, we found out a couple years later, he admitted that he had faked that. Mm-hmm. So that sound recording in the film, just <laughs> that was his attempt at being funny, I guess. But how
2: he did he fake take, it?
0: I f- I heard the story from Barton Unley years later after we done uh, finished the film but I think it was uh, he had blown up a balloon put a recorder fairly close by then just you know spread the ends of it out so it would squeak as it was releasing the air tweaked it a little bit and audacity or whatever audio program he had that everyone else as far as I know you know they told the stories as they saw them
2: that's the reason why so many people don't believe because it's people like thing, that. Because they just want their like two that. seconds
0: of fame of hey I saw that. but it's it, right. it defeats the purpose
2: right. totally there's so much fake out there that it's hard to find the truth in it sometimes. it is and
0: that's why you know when we did this film I've interviewed a lot of people in my broadcast career and you learn different things I've learned different things from uh, police friends and so forth about how you read people when they're telling you a story um, every one of these people with the exception of that one guy I felt were very sincere Mm-hmm. Um, just by their expressions, uh, they would look you right in the eye when they told you the story. That other guy didn't. Now that right. I think about it, hindsight's always twenty twenty. And, you know, there's something down there that people are seeing. I, I don't doubt that at all.
2: Well, I know my my brother, um, the one that passed away, John mm-hmm. Tencher, that started Beyond This life that, thank you, that AJ and I are part of. Um, he was at Land Between the Lakes, and him and his son saw a creature beside the lake. That looked like a, a. He couldn't really tell, but he said it kind of looked like a bear, but the way it was moving was like a human, and it would it actually squatted down next to the lake like a person would. Huh. And he watched wow. it for a few minutes, and then it got up and went on its way. and And he said he was like nudging Jesse, saying, "Hey, hey, did you, you see did that? We just saw <laughs> Bigfoot." So, I, would, you know, just why do you think there's so many sightings in western Kentucky? What about western Kentucky do you think is drawing these creatures in?
0: Uh, you got the Green River down there, uh, and the Ohio River. Plus, it's not that populated. I mean, it is populated.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: When you get around Spotsville, it kind of thins out a little bit. And I think, you know, that's my personal opinion. I have no background on investigating Bigfoot other than doing the film, Uh Uh, after talking with people with the Kentucky Bigfoot Research Organization, there's also a lot of sightings. I mean, there's more sightings in the state of Kentucky than people realize. Uh, Natural Uh Bridge is another hot spot in Natural Bridge State Park. There's sightings there, he claims, on a fairly regular basis. That's why he moved there. (laughs) So he does research on a regular basis in that part of the, the state. And I think it's just the, the obviously the more rural, the more room they have. Right. But as neighborhoods are going up and construction's going up, you're moving them just like you are every other bit of wildlife.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so the sightings will probably increase.
2: So I've heard rumors that it's in Jefferson National Forest now, which is in my backyard. So yeah, that's see, got you me wanting go to go out and there. walk around and yeah. <laughs> see what I can find out.
0: There have been sightings over there, here, and there's been sightings as close to LaGrange as Smithfield. Yeah, wow. And uh, Eminence Highway 421, which runs from Bedford over to Madison. There's been two sightings along 421.
1: So uh, um, over by um, Nolan, Rough River, that area. mm -hmm. uh, There's a hot spot that's between between Lexington and Cincinnati. That there's a. If if you listen to some of these uh, researchers, there's a a gentleman who's doing like a long-term thing on his property there. I had something very odd happen to me while I was hanging in the woods in Western Kentucky. I walked into what they call the smell, looked around and there was abs, I mean, it was in the, I was with somebody else. She smelled it. We looked around and it was, it was in the fall. So there was nothing to hide anything around us. We were walking down a path and I mean, we walked up that path to get to the deer stand. We'd come back down and we walked right into something that wasn't there before. And there was as, as Chris as you said nothing there like it as if like something had been there and then it was gone just leaf cover everywhere so it wasn't like we couldn't hear something walk away or we couldn't see anything because we just had the smell we just walked right into it like... it's that wet dog nasty smell that people talk about <laughs> yeah
0: well the gentleman that I was speaking of from Kentucky Bigfoot Research Organization he actually bought an inn down around Natural Bridge and he takes people out. Our bigfoot hunts now oh let's do a trip
1: yeah <laughs> <down>. <laughs> take your podcast on the road there and you hunt go. for bigfoot
2: well there we are go. weirdos in the wild yes so, you we know are we are do fun. travel
1: <laughs> so if somebody asks you what is bigfoot what do you think what would you tell them after after talking to so many eyewitnesses you've got the flesh and blood and then you were talking about the the paranormal part of it.
0: So. It's unexplained in my mind. I mean, I still... I think it exists what it is. Mm-hmm. I still don't know. Yeah. You know, uh, from all the... And again, I haven't talked to that many just from the, the show I do now from talking to people recently about the subject to the people we interviewed in the, in the, the documentary. It sounds like it is a flesh-and-blood creature that is very close to humans in the way it acts... We've even been reports of people spotting it where it, it's wearing clothing. Obviously, not Walmart clothing, but <laughs> fur. Where it's, uh, I s- just saw something recently where someone described seeing it walking through the woods and it had like a pelt laid over its shoulders. And it was in the wintertime. It was like it had made a kill. Like the Native Americans who used every bit of everything that they killed, you know, it was utilizing the fur
1: mm-hmm.
0: as a coat, it mm-hmm. seemed. That's the first of that. That's the only time I've ever heard of that. That was on a recent documentary that I watched. That somebody else did. Yeah, I think they're they're flesh and blood. Whether they're interdimensional, that's still up in the air. But yeah. it's a, one of the top five possibilities, I think.
1: Yeah.
0: And then there's the, the question: Are they aliens? Yeah. You know, it seems like they look a little different if they were able to fly a spaceship. But who knows? Would you, you know, want to see one? I'd love to see one. Not real close. (laughs) (laughs) Unless it was nice. (laughs) Uh,
2: You don't want to get close enough to smell it, right? (laughs) Yeah, right.
0: Uh, And the gentleman I spoke with with Kentucky Bigfoot research, I I didn't know this, but uh, Chewbacca from Star Wars was modeled after the typical Bigfoot as far as the facial features and so forth. I didn't know that. It had been something totally different. And then the Bigfoot craze hits back in the 70s where more sightings started coming out and according to his research and his information that's what caused uh, Lucas to, to look at Chewbacca in a little bit different of a way and that's wow. yeah. where it came from hopefully they are kind creatures who don't want to hurt us and hopefully hunters won't go out and say well we the only way we're going to prove it is to kill one
2: hold my beard yeah,
0: yeah. That's, my, that's BS in my opinion right. you don't have to kill one to prove there exists you know yeah. okay with trapping one because I heard of in that Erickson project I spoke about, uh, Charlie Raymond, who's the, the person with Kentucky Bigfoot that I just re- recently talked to on my show, said that they had actually used broken glass and food to get the, the blood. Fast against doing that kind of stuff, because if they ate the glass, they could get internal bleeding. They could, right. you know, uh,
2: that's just cruel. But
0: yeah. according to his story, um, the researchers were going after them cutting their fingers or something Mm -hmm. on the glass as they were picking up the food. Supposedly they got blood and were able to do testing on it again. That's where to go. It's a mystery.
2: (laughs) You mentioned Dimensions, your other radio program. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
0: Yeah, I I basically it's a reboot (laughs) of my (laughs) old show. Uh, It's called Dimensions Radio now. We Uh just cut off Encounters with the Unknown. And we talk about topics every Tuesday night. Uh, It could be ghosts. Bigfoot, paranormal, uh, alternative forms of medicine. It's just stuff off the mainstream, you know, out of the mainstream. Mm -hmm. I think we all get enough uh, from turning on our TV sets every morning to plunge our mind into chaos. So we try to take you away from that every
1: week and just talk about things of the unusual.
2: Sounds a lot like us. Yeah. Very similar.
1: So I did have a couple more. So since then, have you done any follow-up with any of the... Decide, I, no, life has gotten too
0: busy uh, changing jobs like I say, th- we've shot that film it's probably been 10 years ago Okay, and uh, I've lost track uh, of Bart since then uh, but it's just with everything going on of course now I'm running the radio station here in LaGrange so that's taken up most of my time but I'm still doing some ghost hunting on the side we're uh, doing some investigations here in LaGrange on a couple of different locations and uh, so we're hoping for new stuff
2: I hear this building's
0: haunted this building yes it is haunted Uh, matter of fact I had to take the the deadbolt off the front door because when I moved in here in September that deadbolt didn't work it was stuck it stuck in the closed or open position because you could open the door Uh, the first time I had Mayor John Black on from LaGrange the damn thing locked on it's own he was coming up the steps and I heard a distinct click and he tried to open the door and it was locked and I went over and Sure enough, the deadbolt's locked. Hasn't worked since I moved in here, (laughs) but it worked and locked him out. I couldn't open it. I had to go next door to the private residence, let him in that way, and when we came back in, it opened right up. That happened twice, so I finally took it off the door.
2: Ghosts didn't want him in here.
0: There's two ghosts in this building that we know of, that psychics have seen heard, talked about. I've only felt them once since I've been here.
2: One's
0: a female. Yeah, one is the female. I can feel that. She used to be a house, uh, I hate to use the word housekeeper. I think she was more of a, took care of the kids when it was a funeral home um, and housework and stuff like that.
2: Yeah.
0: And then there's another female spirit who's been spotted here. She's known as the flower lady of Main Street. Uh, Always smells like flowers when she's around. She's been seen here. Her apparition's been seen through these windows a couple of times when this was a restaurant years ago when Elsie had the uh, uh, garden party restaurant here. Uh-huh. But I haven't seen anything, and I have always feel
1: comfortable here. Yeah. I hope they like the music.
2: <laughs> it's classic. Of course they do.
1: Classic hits. That's all right. So do you plan on doing any other types of uh, documentaries? Not necessarily about Bigfoot, but... Anyways. I do.
0: Uh, whenever time allows, I would love to get back into it. You know, I'm doing some video work now on the side for some other people, but I would love to get together and do another film on something. Yeah. Just when it's all about time. Yeah. Time and money. Yeah.
2: I hear you. Yeah. It's always I enjoyed the spot.
1: ones about, Bar- you had the Barge Town, which you've done.
0: It, so. Oh, thanks for that. Spirits of Bourbon yes. Country. Yes. Yeah, that's cool. cool town. It's kind of similar to LaGrange in the fact that it's got a lot of old buildings. A little older than LaGrange, but um, it's a neat, haunted town, definitely. Yeah. More spirits there than the liquid kind.
2: <laughs> yeah. so where can someone go and find all these documentaries to watch them
0: Uh youtube yeah just go to uh youtube you can look for the spotsville monster kentucky's bigfoot it's under the mcgill media
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh website not website but account on uh youtube and the spirits of bourbon country is also on there there's two mcgill medias out there uh, my logo is a red and black one if you see some other guy's face, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: All right. Then we'll ask the final question that we're going to try to ask at the end of every episode is has your experience changed you in your life and why?
0: Well, it's opened my mind to things that I don't understand. I just don't, you know, I've grown to learn just because you don't understand it and it seems weird. Don't discount it because you're not that smart. You don't know everything. <laughs>
2: We can't see
0: it. So keep an open mind on everything.
2: Well, thank you very much for well, joining us and helping us keep it weird, y'all. Well,
0: I'm I'm <laughs> weird. You can hit me on anytime. That's right. I'll help you out. <laughs> All right.
3: Thanks, Chris. Thank, thank you. you. Hydra Publications is your one-stop shop for genre fiction. This month we have several new releases, including Revelations, Book One of the Poppet Cycle by Donna J. Dummy Monroe and the pre-order for Adrift, the latest Folly Beach mystery by best-selling mystery writer Bill Knoll. Visit hydropublications.com for more information on these books and those written by Richard Knack, Jim Miller, Rachel Rawlings, Tom Wallace, Arlen Andrews Sr., Lynn Tincher, and others.
2: Do you struggle with depression, ongoing medical issues, or have you experienced past trauma? If you have please consider the help of energetic healing at dragonfly pond holistic services. We utilize Karuna Reiki crystals to align and heal chakra function, meditation and sound healing to address these issues and help in your healing process. To learn more about energetic healing and how to contact us, visit our website at dragonflypondenergy.com. For those who call in February to schedule an appointment, mention this ad and receive $25 off your initial visit.
0: Thank you for joining us at Weirdos in the Wild. Please show us some love and support on our Patreon account at Weirdos in the Wild. Like us on all of our social media. And if you've had an experience you'd like to share with us, visit our site at weirdosinthewild.com. Until next time, keep it weird, y'all.